What's up, everybody? This is episode six of Off the Pitch. I am your host, Joel Burgos, and we're going to kick things right off with the upcoming matches for this weekend. We're going to start in the Serie A with a great game between Juventus and Napoli, which is going to be tomorrow at 11.45 a.m. As I said last podcast, I think Napoli is one of the uh, teams that has me the most impressed this this season. I think they had a great transfer window. I think they brought in a lot of great players that are going to allow them to move the ball well, score a lot of goals, and put them high on the league table to where I said that I think Napoli was the one that were going to win the league in the Serie A. So I think this is going to be a good game. It is going to be Juventus at home. So it's tough to say exactly what I think will happen throughout this game. But I do think that Napoli puts up a fight and get the result against Juventus at least one to zero or two to one or something like that but they win by one goal um and it's it's gonna be a very good game i don't think juventus is able to pull it off i know that uh Kaylini got hurt this weekend and it was funny because i was going over my questions that people were sending in for this podcast and i get one of the listeners that sends me in a dm and says that i had jinx Kaylini and all these things and i couldn't remember exactly what had what i had said to jinx him exactly so i asked him and he he played me that episode from wednesday so um, i was able to hear myself and do apologize because kailini did get hurt he has a torn acl he has no timeable return and who knows if he returns to soccer or not but i mean it's a big blow to juventus i know they do have uh masia uh de Licht, so hopefully that he he takes over that that role and um it's not too big of a loss for them so uh, shout out to Kaylini. I hope you get well soon. I hope you come back to soccer at some point in your career. So um, that's that. But that was the only game for Serie A. And now it's the many games from the EPL. And we'll start with Southampton versus Manchester United. Manchester United is away this game. I double checked. And if I'm wrong, uh, let me know in the comments. I might be using the wrong website. But that game is tomorrow at 430 in the morning. I will do my best to be up at that morning. I do have a fantasy football draft after that, so um, I'm going to do my best. But let's see how Manchester United does this game. Uh, I know that they just transferred some players, so we'll see how everything turns out. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Martial, anything deeper or anything like that. So hopefully it wasn't too deep of an injury and he just can come back into uh, the season sometime soon and can be that difference maker that he was being uh, the, la- the past few games. So... I, I don't know. I think Manchester United tie this game 1-1. I don't I don't see them scoring a lot of goals, especially away. If they couldn't even score goals at the Old Trafford, I don't think they're going to be able to do it away. So I think Southampton is able to steal points away from Manchester United this game. And if it, they don't take two points, they might take all three. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully Manchester United show me why I'm wrong and show me their true colors and are able to put up a good fight and win this game like they should. But that's for them. Then Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Chelsea is at home at the Stamford Bridge at 7 a.m. Um, I have Chelsea win this, winning this game at home. I think Mason Mount has another good game. I think he comes out with another goal. I think he'll this would be his third goal in the league. So hopefully he continues his streak and he continues to score goals. I don't know if Pulisic will play this game. I don't know if he'll start this game. Um, maybe they'll play with uh, Willian because I know that Pedro is hurt and he will not be in this game. So... I don't know exactly what route they're going to go, if they're going to go with Leon or if they'll go with Pulisic. But I think that Chelsea is going to be able to overcome Sheffield, and I think they win this game 2-0. to 
Hopefully their defense holds up in Zuma and um, Christensen hold up in the back because I think Espelicuelta and Emerson are going to keep doing their thing. They're very attack-minded backs, so I think that they're going to be able to cause some danger to Sheffield United and can get them the result at home. So that's for them. Then Manchester City is going to play Brighton at 7 a.m. as well. Manchester City is at home at the Etihad. Manchester City is going to blow them out of the water. They're going to continue doing their thing. They're going to keep winning games. Um, I have Manchester City win this game 4-0. I think that Sterling has two, a double. And I think Kuhn has a double. Uh, they've, they've just been scoring machines this season. I think they're they're going to continue doing their thing. And they're going to keep racking up points. And they're going to end up at the top of the table. I, I know that I had Manchester United. But they completely just are ruining any prediction that i had set out for them i had such high hopes for them and they proved it the first game and now they let, they're letting me down more and more so uh man city's taking over that first role uh but kevin de bruyne is going to keep doing his thing bernardo silva is going to keep doing his thing um i really like kyle walker the bald kyle walker is like the new uh thing now now ederson went bald as well so maybe it's a trend maybe it's a luck thing for them and that's ho- and that's working for them so Maybe everybody should go bald, but uh, we'll see. Manchester United is going to continue killing this game. They're going to maintain. They're going to keep possession, and if anything, a bold prediction. They get they get possession the whole game, seventy to thirty. That's a ton of possession, and I'm and that's why it's bold. But I believe that they are capable of doing it, especially against a team like this. So um, well, let's see how Manchester City does. But then we have Burnley FC versus Liverpool Saturday at nine thirty a.m. Liverpool playing away. Um, it could be it could be a tough game for them, but I honestly think that they'll still come out on top. I, I, I don't have too many reserves on this game. I think Liverpool is just going to come out on fire. I think they'll win this game 2-0. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, but I think Liverpool do get the result and the clean sheet. Um, and so I think away, they'll be, they'll be able to do fine. They've been showing that they've been able to play fine away. So... Hopefully Liverpool proves me correct because I, I I honestly think that they're one of the better teams in the EPL and in the Champions League. It's just a matter of exactly how their team and more more importantly uh, Sadio Mane. I feel like he's such an integral part of their offense that when he is out or because I think Salah is the one that plays the most games out of all of them because Firmino is always hurt and then Salah had an injury towards the end of the season and preseason as well. So I think that if one of them is missing, they're going to struggle a little bit. But uh, I have no reason to doubt them playing because they haven't come up on the injury report. So I think I have Liverpool winning this game 2-0. to zero. Then we move to the North London Derby. Arsenal versus Tottenham. Arsenal playing at the Emirates at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday. Um, this is going to be a good game. And I heard... I read a quote actually of Unai Emery talking about this being the most important game for footballers everywhere who watch and this and that, which is a bunch of bull. Like everybody knows that it's either the Manchester Derby or or it's El Clasico that's the biggest game club-wise. So I mean that guy's out of his mind. But either way, it's still going to be a, a good game. I think Arsenal come out on top on this game. Um, I think they went two to one at home. Tottenham will give them problems because I mean Arsenal's defense is pretty lacking right now. But I still think that Arsenal have the attacking power. If I think they make the correct tactical decisions, they're able to win this game. I think they're going to continue to struggle if they continue to play with two strikers. I don't know if that's how they always play. And I don't pay attention too much to the starting lineups. I know who plays. But 
I think that they do need to make some tactical decision. I think they need to come out with more firepower. I don't know if they feel like their midfield wouldn't last if it was that that they're dealing with. But I still think that they need to come out with at least Lacazette and the in the Trident. I think Lacazette, Pepe, and Aubameyang and they'll be able to win this game. But if not, I think they're going to struggle a little bit more to score goals. But I still think they'll get a result. So hopefully that's how that turns out. But that's it for the EPL. Then we'll move on to La Liga. And we have Osasuna versus Barca. Barca's playing away Saturday at 8 in the morning. Of course, I'm going to watch this game. There's no way that I will miss it. But hopefully Barcelona continues to show us that they are capable of winning games without Lionel Messi and without Luis Suarez and without Musa De- or not Musa Dembele, Usman Dembele. So um, let's see how this goes. I think I think they'll win this game 2-1. to one. It'll be a close game. Barcelona just needs to show that they can win games outside of the Camp Nou. And hopefully it's just not the home field advantage that's allowing them to play better. Because, I mean, it's going to be a whole thing throughout the season if that is um, actually true. So who knows when Messi is going to be back. I have been reading reports that um, he, he might be out for another month. He's still feeling discomfort in his calf. And I, then I heard it was his foot. And then uh, some other people saying that he wasn't going to be out a whole month but just wasn't going to play this game and just so many things floating around there's it's very it's very murky his situation is very murky so hopefully he's back soon but yeah barcelona is going to win this game two to one then we have atletico madrid versus ibar on sunday at 10 a.m i think atletico madrid will continue their form i think they'll win another game Uh, they've been playing very well i think their games are kind of boring but i still think that uh, they they play to win, man. I think they do everything they can to win. I think they, they do play sometimes a little bit more defensive than everybody else. But I still think that their attacking front is very good. Uh, Morata showing that he actually was worth them uh, spending some transfer weight, uh, money on them on him. So let's let's hope that he continues his form and continues to score goals. Uh, but I think I have Atletico Madrid winning this game 2-1 to one as well. There's going to be a lot of 2-1 to one games that I'm predicting, but... Uh, I don't think they're able to keep a clean sheet, even though they are at home. So hopefully, uh, Atletico Madrid shows us something. And hopefully, Joao Felix continues his form and maybe scores a goal or two. And uh, just continues to show us why uh, he was worth all that transfer fee. So uh, let's hopefully, Atletico Madrid does that. So, But then we have Villarreal versus Real Madrid Sunday at 12 p.m. I think that... Villarreal is going to give Real Madrid problems, especially just seeing that Valladolid gave Real Madrid problems at home. And now that Madrid is away, I think it could become a problem against the better teams. Villarreal is one of those better teams. So um, I don't know exactly how this game may go. I think I might give the upset. I might, I might go with the dogs on this one. And I think I'll go Villarreal uh, 1-0 versus Real Madrid. And it's hard to say because Real Madrid do have all that attacking front and their attacking power is all in the front. So um, I don't know how I'm predicting that, but let's see. I want Villarreal to give me a result so Barcelona can have a little bit more uh, breathing room when they play tomorrow as well. Uh, But yeah, I think Villarreal will take this game 1-0 and hopefully that comes out to fruition. But that ends it for La Liga. Moving on to uh, the Bundes with Bayern and um, FC Mainz Saturday at 6.30 a.m. There's a lot of early games tomorrow, but Bayern continues their form. I think I feel like Coutinho is going to get his first start. I, I want him to get uh, some more playing time. I think he deserves it. 
Uh, I think he scored, scored his first goal and uh, on his debut, not his debut, his second game. They played some whack team, and he ended up scoring a goal, and that counts, So, which kind of sucks. But I think that he will get a start. I think Bayern won this game 3-0. to zero. Uh, Lewandowski is going to continue his form. I think he gets another goal this game. Um, I don't think Coutinho will score this game, but I do think Perisic will come into the second half, maybe get a goal in. And I don't know, the third one's up for grabs to so whoever wants it. But Bayern will continue to move the ball, continue to play Kimmich in the midfield, hopefully, and they don't come with a rocky back uh, line like they usually do. Hopefully they play Kimmich in the in the midfield like they're supposed to. And they hopefully they get the result. That's what I want from them. I want the leagues to be good towards the end. I don't want them to come out all flat towards the back end of it. So hopefully Bayern get the points on this. But the last game that is for uh, tomorrow, we have Union Berlin versus Dortmund, Saturday at 9.30 a.m. I have Dortmund winning this game, of course. I think Dortmund is amazing. I think they're playing amazing football right now. So I think Dortmund win this game 4-0 against Union Berlin away. A lot to say because it is. They're not playing at home. But I just have a lot of faith in them. I think that they're capable of winning this game. I, I'm, I think that they're capable of scoring a lot of goals. Jaden Sancho's having a great season. Paco Alcacete is off to a great season. Marco Royce is off to a great season. Um, they're going to keep doing their thing, man. They're playing great and hopefully they continue it. I hope that they do fix that problem that they had in the midfield with Axel Witzel and Julian Weigel. If that's his name, I hope it is because I don't want to be wrong. But Vigo in the midfield, that they continue to spread themselves out, give them give each other space to be able to play out of the back a little bit more, which was something that they struggled this last game against Colne. But uh, Dorman, yeah, Dorman, Dorman will take this game 4-0, to and uh, which is a hard place because we'll talk about how the, UC, the UCL draw went, which uh, there's a lot of things that I want to go over for that. But... Before we move on to that, I want I do want to cover a little bit of the PSG versus the Mets game. The Mets versus Mets. Uh, PSG did come out a little bit stronger. I, I did think that in spite of all of the injuries that they do have, I felt like they were able to show out a good game. They were able to win the game 2-0, to so they're obviously doing something correct. Maybe Mets is a little bit lower of a team, less quality, but either way, with all the injuries that they're carrying, I think that PSG was able to get a result and in a good way away from home. So um, even though one is a PK and they scored both both goals off set pieces, meaning the PK and a free kick, but um, I, I think it still goes to show that they they have some type of some type of attacking power that can score goals and win games for them, just like how Barcelona showed it that last week weekend as well. So shout out to PSG. They're they're looking still pretty strong and I think they'll be okay until the rest of the players come back to full health so congratulations to PSG on their win today so this is where we're going to get to the important part of the stuff that I wanted to really get into which was the UEFA Champions League draw from yesterday uh, I was watching this at work I was keeping track making sure that we didn't get the, the hardest group which of course we did in my opinion I think we had the hardest the hardest group but we're going to start from the beginning I'll give you guys winners and runners up who I think will be moving on to the next rounds and in Group A, we have PSG, Real Madrid, Club Brugge, and Galatasaray. Um, of course, easy. This is this is easy to tell, but I think Real Madrid will win. I think they'll win the group. I think they'll win it handily. I don't think that PSG will put up a fight against Real Madrid either, which is why I think that Real Madrid will be the winners and PSG will be the runners-up. Um, 
I don't know how Mbappe and Cavani are going to be starting the group stages. So I think they might drop some points there, which will allow Real Madrid to get some type of gap in between the points between them. So uh, that's why I have Real Madrid winning in that group. But then in Group B, we have Bayern Munich, Tottenham, Olympiacos, and this weird Cervena Seveda, I guess. I don't know exactly where they're from. I might have just completely botched that name. But they're basically no one. They're nobody. So, uh, but in this group, in Group B, I have Bayern Munich winning this, and runners up, I have Tottenham because of Tottenham's failure to win games and to score goals. So I think Bayern Munich takes complete advantage of that and is able to mount almost every point that they can and just completely demolish this group. So uh, Bayern is going to continue to do them, and Tottenham is just going to struggle and barely make their way into the next round. So. That's for Group B. But then in Group C, we have Manchester City in the easiest group. And they always get so lucky to get the easiest group. They have, it's Man City, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, Dianamo Zagreb, and Atalanta from Italy. Of course, Man City wins this group. There's no other team that you can give it to unless all of Man City's play, players get hurt. And they have to play with their bench, which I think even with their bench, they'll win this group. Uh, but I have Manchester City winning this and then Atalanta uh, being the runners up because the other two teams really are garbage. So shout out to Man City, man. They always get lucked out and they always get the group that they want. And I remember just watching the All or Nothing and they all sat and watched the UCL draw and lost their mind when they got the same exact team. So uh, let's just let's just hope they drop points and maybe they f- have to fight to get into the, the next round. So that's for Group C. Moving on to Group D, we have Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, and Lokomotiv. Um, this is this was a tough group to call because I do think that Bayer, Bayer Leverkusen is a sleeper in this UCL. I think they have great players. I think they have um, the ability to win games and maybe steal points away from the top teams in this group. But in the end, I think Atletico wins the group and I think Juventus comes in second. Um it's, it's a lot to say because Atletico Madrid is um, down, I guess, a little bit in quality in their back line. And Juventus is looking solid. I mean, they just did lose uh, Giorgio Caellini, so it's it's a big blow for them. But I think they still have defenders to be able to manage that position. So let's let's hope that Atletico Madrid is able to come out with the, the results here and, and get them uh, their first place at the top of Group D. So uh, we'll see how that works. But then in Group E, we have Liverpool, Napoli, Salzburg, and Genk. Of course, we have Liverpool and Napoli facing off again. They faced off last season, and Napoli and Liverpool took both games away from them. I don't think it'll be the same story this year. I think Napoli has a great team. I, I believe in the team that they have, and I, I've shared that multiple times. And I think Nap- Napoli, as the dogs, win, the, win their group. I think they win Group E, and I think Liverpool comes in as a runner-up. Um, you guys can comment and tell me why you think I'm wrong and then we, I can debate it for the next podcast uh, the next episode uh, but try and give me points and then I'll try and rebuttal to those points and you try and prove me wrong but I have Napoli man they, they look good Lorenzo Insigne is looking good he's scoring a lot of goals I think Chucky's going to play a big part if he's either coming off the bench or starting I think he's going to make a big 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 impact on their on their team so um they're, they're just going to continue doing their thing. Dries Mertens is always someone to, that you need to watch out for. That short little man. Uh, he's very deadly on the shot. So 
we'll see how that that turns out. But Napoli again as the winners and the runners up are Liverpool for Group E, and then we have the Group of Death. It's so it's called uh, Group F uh, with Barcelona, Dortmund, Internacional, which is Inter, and uh, Slavia Praha. If you guys didn't watch the draw, you guys could go back and watch as Slavia Praha get chosen into this group. And you can just tell the managers and the owners are just laughing because they know that there's nothing they're going to be able to do to get anywhere remotely close to advancing into the next rounds. But um, it was just so funny to watch, man, because you you can see in their face that they're like, well, there goes our season. And so um, I I just think that uh, Dorman and Barcelona are going to come out on top. But I think the winners will be Barcelona and then the runners-up will be Dortmund because I do have Dortmund going uh, far into the league in the Champions League. So, um, I mean, Inter has a great team and I, there are points as to how they can make it into the into the next round. But I just think Dortmund just brings such an amazing tagging power and I have to be extremely biased and bring Barcelona as the winners or you would call me fake. So, yeah, those are the winners for Group F. Barcelona and then runners up Dortmund and then uh, we have two more groups in group G we have Lyon Benfica Zenit and Leipzig I think this is the the underdog group I feel like all of these teams are very underrated they are all very good especially Lyon I think Lyon always plays the underdog card I think people don't expect them to be that good but they are very good and then Benfica of course we saw Joe Felix with them last season and they played well um, Zenit, they just got Malcolm, and even though there there has been um, some trouble there, I think that they're still very good. And then Leipzig, Leipzig is also great with Timo Werner there or Werner, whatever you want to say. Um, they're very good as well in the in the in the Bundesliga. So it, this is going to be a good group to watch. It's going to be a fun group, but in the end, I think the winners will be uh, RB Leipzig, and the runner the runners up will be Lyon. So. I, I don't know why I, I instantly thought Leipzig would win this this group, but as soon as I read the teams, I just instantly said Leipzig was gonna was gonna be the ones to come out on top. I just think that they play good football, and I think they play better football than all the other teams in this group. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. But to round them all off, we have Group H, that that can that is consisted of Chelsea, Ajax, Valencia, and Lille. Uh, this this is a good group as well. I think Leo is probably the lower end of the teams, but I think they're still all very good. But in the end, I have Ajax coming out as the winners and then Valencia coming in as the runners-up as the dogs, and, and they leave Chelsea out of the rounds. And I know I read reports that every time that Valencia and Chelsea get uh, put into the same group, Chelsea end up in the Champions League finals. So we'll see how that turns out. Let's see if that's factual or not. But I, I don't see that. I think that Valencia is going to be able to take care of business and get into the next round. So um, that's for them. And if you guys have questions on who I think are in the league or who you think are uh, the winners of each league, just send them in to me, DM me. We could talk about it. I, I answer the DMs. I, I'm personable like that. I, I'll answer you. I won't just big time you. I'll read them. I'll answer you. We'll talk and we'll discuss on what you think. And then I'll kind of rebuttal, play the devil's advocate a little bit and uh kind of counter your points so if you have questions or you want to just give me your your thoughts on the uco draw uh just dm us at underscore off the pitch or you could email us at uh off the pitch 
offthepitchpod at gmail.com. So you could do that. But we'll move on to the transfer news. And we have uh, a big report that I think is is a very bad move. And it's going to be a costly one down the road. And this is to Manchester United because they completed the loan for Chris Smalling to go off to Roma. And I say this is a bad move because they are always like light on the defensive end. They're always struggling to play defenders. And I think now that a Shaw is hurt and, and, and Bailly's hurt, they really just are with Lindelof and Maguire now that Chris Mullen is gone. So I don't know exactly what they're planning on doing, but I think I just think this is a bad move for them. Like I just think this comes at a bad time. They're they're moving a lot of players and it's it's just not good, man. Yeah, I feel like this is all heading downhill for Manchester United and this is heading out of the top four and out of the Champions League. So I don't know why you decide to make moves this late into the transfer window and let up players like that, which you know that you're gonna probably going to need later down the road because uh, Lindelof can get hurt at any time. Harry Maguire can get hurt at any time. And so it, it's it's just going to end up being a costly move for them. And I, I hope to be wrong. I know that Bailly should be uh, back sometime uh, soon. Not super fast, but it's, it's sooner rather than later. So hopefully that plays a factor into why they let him lose for the loan. But we'll see. And then we have uh, multiple reports that Barca and PSG have agreed to terms for Neymar. But this has just been the biggest saga of all time, I feel like. And it's very, very annoying. Very, very um, frustrating to talk about as an analyst, I guess, if I want to call myself that. But... It's, it's just so back and forth because you get a lot you see a lot of fake accounts saying that Neymar is ready and that the teams have agreed and then you see other big accounts that are saying that it's not that nothing's happening we see that some of the directors or the director's friends are that are close to them they tell the press that there's something already on the table and that, that there's an agreement and then the next day they say it's false and then nothing like that had ever happened it's just very back and forth and it's very annoying and I think Valverde is also done with it as well. He just is fed up with it and wants this all to be over because he wants to focus on what he can do with the team that he has. And I think even without Neymar, I think we'll be fine. I don't think we need him. Maybe right now we might need him because of the struggles we have uh, due to injury. But either way, like I think Barcelona will be fine with or without him. Of course, I'd rather have him, but uh, I'm fine without him. And I think this just needs to be over. I think the transfer window can't come any sooner. And I am happy to see it go because I'm, I'm done uh, talking about it. I'm back and forth and seeing fake and real or real, whatever they're called, um, reports on this whole saga. So we'll see how that turns out. But uh, the, the last one, there wasn't really all that much. But Inter is looking to still get rid of Mauro, Mauro Icardi, I think, if, if I'm saying his name right. Um and he's such a great striker, and he's been good for them. And I don't know why. I know that they brought in Romelu Lukaku, but I don't know why they're trying to give him up so quickly, or why they're so um, persistent on trying to get him out of there. Like he can, even if it doesn't play. Like I get that he has a big contract, but either way, like he can be good for them, and especially going into the Champions League, especially not knowing who can get hurt or anything like that. He can be he can be there as a super sub or to come in if someone's hurt to be into that starting lineup and don't lose quality going up forward. So it's it's just 
um, fishy to me. I feel like something has happened between Icardi and the management that uh, something isn't clicking exactly and they're trying to get him out because they don't want him there no more. Uh, so hopefully he comes, he, he gets to a good team and is able to make a transfer because it sucks to see just like how Coutinho uh, felt with the, at Barcelona and Paco Alcacer as well. So um, I, I don't like players getting that way or feeling that way. So I hope that he's able to get a transfer somewhere else and play football. That's what we want is to watch them play football. So um, let's 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 keep it up. Let's let's keep Icardi up on the transfer news. Hopefully he can in the next few days we'll see that he's out somewhere else. But for the time being, we'll move on from that and we'll go into our direct DMs for the day. We only have a few, but I think we have. I want to talk about this specific one because this was a good question. I hadn't exactly read this, and this is coming from Instagram. Uh, this person asked what I thought on Ronaldo's words on Messi while they were at the UEFA Men's Player of the Year uh, award ceremony, which I think I, I'm I'm happy Van Dyke won it. I mean, of course, I'm a little salty that Messi didn't because I I felt like Messi had a great season last season and he was deserving of it as well. But I mean, you can completely understand and make a case as to why Van Dyke was the better person and is more deserving of it. Uh, Earned more silverware just uh, in general. So um, I'm happy for that. But I'm going to read a little bit of what he said. I think this is all he said. And Ronaldo, when they asked him, Ronaldo says, We share we shared the stage for 15 years, me and him. I, I don't know if this has ever happened in football. The same two guys on the stage all the time. It's not easy, as you know. And of course, we have a good relationship. We have not had dinner yet. But I hope in the future we will. Of course, I miss playing in Spain. We've had a battle for the last 15 years, which is good. He pushed me and I pushed him as well. So it's good to be part of football history. I'm in there. Of course, he is in there as well. And so of this, I think I watched a documentary on Barcelona, I think, and on Messi on Netflix that they, they, the media just portrayed their situation so um, they kind of pinned them against each other into this huge rivalry and I mean you could you of course you say that because they played on opposite teams that were rivals and um, they were the best players on the earth at that time which I mean they, I think they still are but uh, it just pinned them against each other and they didn't allow them to create a, a friendship that was kind of genuine they uh, I kind of feel forced I think into the into the media just for this exact reason, um, the medium wants to portray them as rivals, like they hate each other, like they never can spend time together, or they they never talk because they um, know what they've done to each other. As I mean, winning games and losing games and stuff like that. So, but it's not that. I think just how Ronaldo says they Messi also says that they have a good friendship. They talk a lot, and um, we could just talk about we just see this for the rest of football history like their good their names are going to go down and i mean once especially just for me as an example my son when he grows up they're going to be someone that i get to explain to them um that i got to saw just like my dad did when with pele and with maradona uh, with hugo sanchez and, and players like that that they that they always talk about were the best players in the in the world or in ever to ever play the game but then they see Messi and they see Ronaldo and they're left speechless because of the quality of these players. And I think it's going to be the same thing. My son is, is going to grow up knowing maybe more of Ja Felix and Pablo Dybala instead of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. But 
Of course, I'm going to instruct him in the ways of Messi and talk to him and show him what he did. And just as the same way I will show him how Ronaldo did and the the rivalry that they set in when uh, at the time that Ronaldo was at Madrid. But it's it's good. It's, it just shows uh, that they're not rivals, man. I think that was the biggest thing. It shows that they do have some type of friendship and... Uh, they they're not the actual like heated rivals or hated hatred between each other like the media tries to portray. So um, that's that's what I think on that. Um, I, of course, Messi should have won the UEFA Player the Men's Player of the League award, but who cares? Uh, we'll move on to the next question, also coming from Instagram. And this question says it's kind of a two-parter. It says, do you do I think Atletico Madrid will win the league if they could keep the same momentum? Or are they too inexperienced as a team as they lost a lot of key players in the offseason? Um, honestly, I think Atletico Madrid won win the league not because of their inexperience, be- just because of the experience that Barcelona and Real Madrid hold over them. I think that they have great players. Um, you can't say that Joao Felix is inexperienced. I don't think that you could say, I guess, their new signings like Kyrian Trippier or Lodi or any player like that is inexperienced i just think that uh barcelona and real madrid have better better players they have more quality and you could tell in their back line i think savage is is too old i think he won't be able to hold up i think that what that's what's going to probably what's going to happen with atletico madrid is they're going to end up dealing with a lot of injuries in their back line and that's where team big teams like real madrid and barcelona are going to win points and take over them and it's not that uh, a uh, a thing of lack of experience, but I just think that there's more experience and better quality in the other teams. Um, so I don't think that Atletico Madrid, Atletico Madrid will win the league either way. So that's my thoughts on that. And then the final question came also from Instagram of a person asking what my favorite Barcelona game was that I have ever watched. And I'm pretty torn between uh, two games. Because I, I've, I've watched them for a very long time. So it's kind of hard to just pick one game in particular. But the first one that came to mind was the 5-0 win over Madrid. When the fight broke out. When Ronaldo pushed Pep. And then uh, uh, Ramos nasty tackled Messi in the middle of the pitch. And then he put his hands on Puyol. And then everything started getting ugly. Um, I think this was one of my favorite games. Not because of the result. But because of the mental distress that Barcelona put Real Madrid through. They showed them who had the best quality at that time. And I mean, just as a reinforcement, you could look at the scoreboard and it was five to nil. So um, I, that, that one was the first one that came to mind. But then, of course, La Remontada was the next one to come right into the into my mind. I couldn't ex- remember exactly what they had called it, but it's the 6-1 to victory over PSG in the Champions League. Uh, I was so scared when I saw the result because I didn't I didn't get the chance to watch the first leg at the Parc des Princes. So uh, I was very, very scared of what was going to happen when we came back to the Camp Nou, especially just because it was a big deficit that we needed to overcome. But of course, I, you always have to keep faith and you never know what can happen with the little magic man. So um, Barcelona kept scoring goals and then I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. We're, we're doing something good. And it's 3-0. to and then, boom, comes the, the dagger that Cavani scores the nasty volley. And I I couldn't believe it. I felt like our, seasons, our season had slipped out of our hands already. I didn't think that we were going to be able to come out on top. 
But some way, somehow, Neymar was the one that pulled it out of his bag. He scored that free kick, he scored that penalty, and then gave that left-footed assist to uh, put it into Sergio Roberto on the slide to get the goal to win the game. So that, I think, when you when I went back and watched it, I think it gives me goosebumps every time I watch that goal goes in, go in because it just because of the amount and the the time it took to be able to get this game back and steal it from PSG and to move on to the next round, um, you kind of take for granted exactly how much or how hard it is to score six goals in a game, especially against a team like uh, Paris. It's insane, man. And Barcelona did it. I, I, Messi scored, uh, Neymar scored, and everybody played the part. Everybody did did their thing and and was able to show us why they deserve to move on to the next round and of course i think if i remember correctly we lost the next round but um either way man six to one it was just such an amazing game and i always go back and watch it from time to time when my son is asleep and i have the tv to myself i'll look for it on youtube and i and i watch that game but um it's awesome man though i think that's my favorite game that i watch barcelona now that i think about it i think it's it's that one over the five zero win over uh, Madrid and the Clasico so uh, that's for that but that was the last one and that does it for this episode of Off the Pitch um, I thank you guys for listening now, we are now on Apple Pod uh, also on Google Play I couldn't see it on my phone because it's iOS and Google told me that they didn't have anything to support that device yet which I was kind of upset about because I can't see if it's on there or not so um, hopefully you guys can find it on Google Play and the music just look up off the pitch. You guys should be able to find it in the podcast sections. And then we're also on SoundCloud and on Spotify as well. So if you guys can't find us on SoundCloud, you guys have many other options to find us to be able to listen in. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Pod, on Spotify, on Google Play, and then follow us on SoundCloud. Um, just share, continue sharing the episodes with your guys' friends on, on your guys' social medias. Uh, do, do us a solid and and help us out with with reaching other people um but yeah so it's awesome i'm, I'm having so much fun with this man i, I never expected uh, myself to be in front of a mic just kind of breaking down these games and i'm i was very happy to see that apple pod had accepted my request to be able to be on their format so hopefully i can continue to get better and kind of lose out on the ums throughout the day or throughout the podcast and i just get better at, at just verbally speaking and breaking down a little bit more on the analytic side of the games and give you guys what you need but as always just keep sending us questions at off the pitch on instagram i'm gonna uh, maybe make a twitter that, that you guys can find as well uh but if not you guys can find us on there or just send us an email like i said before at off the off the pitch pod at gmail.com and we are still also looking for a co-host if you are interested, man. Like, it's it's awesome to be able to do it by myself, but I think it would be so much better and so much uh, more fun if I had someone to uh, that had opposing views on what I thought of the games and maybe kind of gave me some counterpoints on what they thought and we could discuss on stuff like that. So if you're interested, the just and committed, you think you can commit to the days that we're going to be doing this pod. Just shoot us an email. I would prefer it to be an email more professionally at offthepitchpod at gmail.com. And I've repeated it like four times already, but that's our G, that's our email. Um, so if you're interested, just let us know. And then questions, of course, I'll be asking that same day or the day before if you have questions just to send us in on that. But that kind of wraps it up for today. 
this is going to be the first podcast officially that I'm making that's going on Apple Pod. The other ones are going to be uploaded there that you could read. If you haven't listened to them yet, you guys can find them there as well. But this is the first first uh, podcast officially that I'm going to be uploading to there. So I'm very excited. Continue, like I said, subscribing and following us everywhere. Continue sharing us and, and spreading the word on about Off The Pitch. But for tonight, that'll be all. I will see you guys again next Wednesday, breaking down all the games. So finish listening to all the rest of the podcasts that, I, that we have. And then come and meet us whenever you guys are done at episode 7 of Off The Pitch next week on Wednesday. And you guys have a great night.